you, Father. Lord, today we position ourselves, we posture ourselves to receive from the Spirit. You have so much you want to show the church. There's so much that's contained in your Son. Colossians, Paul goes and writes to us and tells us that all of the wisdom and hidden treasures are found in the Son and that all things come through the Son. Lord, I pray today that we would hear the voice of God. You've given us your word, but Lord, it's your voice that we want to hear. It's the voice of the Lord that spoke everything into being. Not just the book, but the voice that was, the voice that said, put these words down. So we want to hear the voice of the living God today. And Lord, we contend for what is in your living word. Father, your word teaches us to be people of the kingdom. You came preaching the kingdom. And yet, Lord, we see in Matthew 13 that there is a battle for the message of the kingdom. There is a fight for the message of the kingdom. Lord, the word says when the kingdom seed goes out, the enemy comes and pitches it, he steals it. People get excited for two seconds because they hear the kingdom truth, but then there's nothing, there's no substance, and so the enemy comes and just whips it away. There are other people that hear it and for a period of time get excited, but then the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth, of chasing things that aren't of you, get in the way and all of a sudden we find ourselves worrying about life and families and homes and insurance policies and all these things that just bind us up. And Matthew even says, it says, seek first the kingdom and my righteousness and I'll add all these things. Why are you worrying about tomorrow? See, the only reason you're worrying about tomorrow is because you're not seeking the kingdom. And when you don't seek the kingdom, you worry about tomorrow. But there is this massive wrestle and fight for this message of the kingdom. Because the enemy knows that's where the life is. Because the kingdom is within the church. The kingdom is in us, Jesus said in Luke 17, 21. And the kingdom is joy, peace, and righteousness in the spirit. Because it's the reality of Christ in us, coming out of us. That's why there's such a fight for it. He's happy with our Christianity being on the external of us. Believing in a set of beliefs, which is the start. Yes, I believe that, that and that, but those beliefs aren't necessarily my reality. So I believe there's a joy and a peace to be found, but I'm not in it. And that's why there's such a wrestle for us to hear the message of the kingdom so that joy and peace literally is in us. And whenever pressure comes or things happen, people and we get to see it in us. And we wonder why we're not freaking out when everyone else is freaking out. Because there's this reality. And God showed me a picture during the week of someone with cancer. And they were in a hospital bed. And everyone came to see the person with cancer. And the person with cancer had more peace than the people without cancer. And they were all freaking out about the person with cancer. But the person with cancer was saying, what are you worried about? Because there was peace coming out of the person with cancer that wasn't in the people without cancer. Because the person with cancer was somewhere in the spirit and had a reality of God that the other people didn't have. That's why there's such a battle for the kingdom of God, the message of the kingdom. Because it's the reality of Christ in us, in our thinking, in our hearts, manifesting out. Says the fruit of the kingdom. What's the fruit of the kingdom? The fruit of the spirit. It's not a sign of whether you're saved or not. It's a sign of your intimacy with the Father. Because the Spirit's Him. So if you've got Him, you manifest fruit. And we're going to look at that today. I'm so, I don't know what happened between 9 o'clock and now. I mean, Liverpool had a great win this morning, but it's not that. 4-1. Phenomenal goals. But it's not that. I believe God today wants us to wrestle for what we're hearing. 
It's time to wrestle for what you're hearing. No longer is the day to just turn up to a service and go again. No longer is the day. God's been showing me as I'm seeking Him what is contained in His written scriptures. We're going to have a barbecue today right here in front of us. We were going to cook meat because meat tastes great. I'm sorry if you're a vegetarian. If you're a vegetarian today, what I want you to do is imagine the most amazing vegetarian dish. Get that into your head and go, wow, yeah, I can imagine what you're talking about when you eat meat. But Jesus said, eat my flesh, drink my blood, and then life will come from within you. It's found in me, but I am in you, and I want the reality of me coming out of you. The idea I just had there is there are some idols that we need to burn on the barbecue. Some things that we've believed, some lies that we've believed, some attitudes that we have that really need to be burnt and destroyed. Golden calves. So you and I can fully enter into the reality that was bought and paid for at Calvary. He said, it is finished, didn't he? It's finished. Now, what I've done, come into. And this happens as the mind is renewed through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to speak this morning. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to challenge some of our thinking on this whole area of joy. Because we believe joy is a feeling. We believe joy is, is determined by circumstance or situation. We believe that if Liverpool wins, I can have joy. And if they lose, man, it's just not good being in the similar home. But joy goes beyond feeling. It goes beyond circumstance. It goes beyond situation. It goes beyond what I'm believing for. It goes beyond all those things that are connected. And it's found in Him. Because joy is literally a substance of Him. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Well, there's only one Spirit, and it says fruit. And it lists the fruit, but it's a fruit of Him. It's not disattached from Him. It's Him. So the more of the Spirit, naturally, more fruit. We chase the outcome instead of the process. We chase the fruit instead of chasing the sun. You find the sun, you get the fruit. It's the deal. So Father, this morning, grab a seat if you want. Lord, we want more love, more power, more of you in our life. More love, more power, more of you in our life. More love, more power, more of you. Holy Spirit, right now we position ourselves to hear. And we believe by faith that you have not just one, probably two, three, four things that you want to share with us today. I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. As an eldership, as a staff, as a leadership, as a community, we are going after everything that we can go after we don't want anything to hold us back. We don't want a program. We don't want any man-made concept or ideas to get in the way of what God is showing and revealing to us. And we are committed, Father, today to walk this out as a community, as your people, not as individuals, but as a community. Because first of all, you see your body, and you're building a body. Who individuals fit into a body. Lord, you've never been about individuals. You've always been about a body as a first place priority, she's called your bride and it's the ultimate end for the church. And so, Father, today give us eyes and ears to see that even, that we would be part of a living body, a living organism called the church, called the people of God, and that we all have been given gifts to be used anchored and centered through intimacy relationship. And so Jesus, come and speak through me today. Holy Spirit, speak. May people hear the voice of God today. Amen. That's a pretty snazzy barbecue. I'm going to invite Gordon Ramsay to come. 
So Anwar, come brother. Anwar is going to be our chef today. As I speak, he's going to be cooking steak. Look at that red meat. And um, Anwar is going to cut it up for us and at the end of it, if you would like some a piece to taste and see that the Lord is good and that the Lord created cow. And uh, thank you, Lord, for cow. We're going to partake of cow. But um, who was here a few weeks ago and I talked about taste and see and we had bread. You remember that message? And we had bread at the back of the building there and it was cooking and it was filling our nostrils and I started painting this picture of how amazing hot bread tastes straight out of the oven or straight out of the bread maker. And I hope today through painting this picture that you will be able to and be empowered to taste meat. He is the meat. That we would be desperate, passionate, Urge to go after meat. Because meat tastes amazing. I want to start by asking the question, the question is this, how many people have noticed anything different about that part forward of this building? The trees left, that's true, they left a while ago. So that's good, Terry, I think it was Terry Kurikanga. Awesome. The boxes have gone. How many people honestly noticed the big ugly brown boxes that had the trees had gone? Okay. (laughs) Only because I looked for the tissue box that sat on top of the other box. (laughs) So that's about 5, no, not even 5%, 2.5% of our community noticed that something that had been there since the whole building has been here, had gone. I don't want you to feel guilty about that, but how long has this thing been around? How many of us are missing what's right in front of our nose? Because we're not looking. I mean, those things were pretty big, weren't they? Now, you get an excuse, if you sit in this half of the building every week, Okay, maybe you don't notice it, but if you sit here, you sort of trip over the ugly looking thing. Maybe that's an opportunity to swap around the room and get to know some people. But my question is, I wonder what we're missing that's contained in this manual of life because this isn't the Word of God, this is the voice of God. God spoke, men heard and wrote it down. So yes, it's the Word of God, but it is the voice and God speaks from His book. 6,000 years ago, let there be light. Today, He's still speaking. So what is contained within this? If you have your Bibles, Psalm 34 verse 8. Psalm 34 verse 8. How's it looking so far, bud? Make that waft out in front of us. Who didn't have breakfast? (laughs) All those that didn't have breakfast, you can be first up. Psalm 34, verse 8. If you weren't here for that um, taste and see, bread bread tastes great message, uh, it was about three weeks ago. You can get that on the, have a listen to that on the website if you want, just to help get context for this one as well. But it says this, Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see. Everyone say, oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. In him. How many of us want to live a blessed life? Hopefully we all want to live a blessed life. I'm not talking about you know being having a castle and all those things. I do believe God will release those things of our hearts are of him and they are from him. But... A blessed life is found at the losing of one's life. A blessed life is found as we let go of our old life and grab hold of the new life. So you can't grab, you can't let go of your old and not grab hold of the new. If you grab hold of, let go of the old and you don't come into the new, do you know what you do? You go back to the old. You see, the problem with the Israelites is they left Egypt but they never entered into the promised land. 
and they got stuck in the wilderness because in the wilderness is where you find all the trials that sometimes God allows. So you run into the promised land. Isn't that funny? God allows trials so you run towards Him. Because left to your own devices, you probably sit there or maybe even like the Israelites did, want to go back to slavery. But God has bought this incredible price for you and I to come into the reality of what's found in Him. And so at times He needs to give you a nudge. He used to have to give me a decent nudge. It's called discipline. Discipline. How many, who's up for discipline? How many people here have had to discipline yourself to achieve something? Most of us have had to discipline. You know, we're trying to teach that to the girls at the moment. They just want all the life and the party stuff and everything laid out on the plate. No responsibility. Seems to be the message of the world today. No responsibility. Just, just have fun and cause chaos. But God's a God of discipline and God's a God of love and half of that is discipline and long suffering and we must understand and come into the fullness of that. But there is stuff in here and I want to talk about joy today. And what I want to do, firstly, I want to underpin or first half of my message is going to be looking at meat and how great meat tastes. And then I want to share just testimony again like I did a couple of weeks ago about the freedom I'm now and I want to share with you because about the testimony of joy that I now live in. Because it's the story, it's the testimony of Christ. They overcame by the what? The blood of Christ and the power of their testimony. I said this, testimony requires tests. To have a testimony, you have to go through a test. And then it's living, see? It's the living reality God wants us living in, not the theory, the living reality. Have we got a testimony that's living that we are sharing with others? If we were put on the spot right now and I said you've got two minutes to share with the person beside you the testimony of what Jesus is doing this week in your life, would we have one? See, this is the challenge. But there is a reality that's found in Him that He wants coming out of us. So no different if I asked you what your home phone number was or your mobile phone number or the name of your husband or wife or your children, you could answer me like that. What's your home number? 233-6420. What's your mobile number? 021-757-870. Tell me about the Christ you know. What do you mean? Tell me about the Jesus that you know and the difference He's making in your world in you. Tell me about the change because from this this time here to here, you have a testimony. You can testify to the goodness because you've tasted and you are seeing something of Him. Because you've eaten meat. Nothing wrong with being in milk in the right season. Baby needs milk when it's baby. Try and give baby steak. Baby starves. We're going to talk about how great meat tastes. And um, sorry, I do make an apology. I said it just before. If you are a vegetarian, um, my intent is not to offend. So just... Go to that place of lettuce and tomato and, I don't know, whatever. Even, even that's ignorant, isn't it? I probably just offended you right there. <laughs> but um, I'm a meat man and uh, fillet steak, onions, bernet sauce. I cook this all the time. Mushrooms. Two or three minutes on the hot plate. Flip it over. Maybe flip it back and, oh, cutting in the mouth-watering. Bring it on. (laughs) Anyone with me? Okay, come with me now to John 6, 53. John 6, 53. We looked at this a few weeks ago. These are the words of Jesus. 
And they are very challenging words, but they are loving words. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in yourselves. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in yourselves. Are we supposed to be cannibals? Sounds like it, eh? You're going to eat Jesus? Like, what? Eat the person beside you. <laughs> drink His blood? What? The life is found where? In the blood. This is so offensive to his part of his hearers. Drinking blood? Eating? What are you talking about? They're trying to understand spiritual truth with a carnal mind. They're trying to understand a spiritual reality with a fleshly mindset. But like Nicodemus was. He's trying to understand how a man gets back into his mother's tummy and Jesus is talking about being born of the Spirit. See, the flesh will never understand the things of the Spirit. If we remain in milk, there's a good chance we'll never understand the things of the Spirit. You come into understanding the things of the Spirit by chewing on some meat and eating meat. Jesus is saying, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, the life that will come in you. So as we receive Him, sure, the life of Christ comes into us, but God wants that little reality of life coming out of us. The more we partake in and of Him, the greater His life in us. So praying the prayer is step one of many other steps in this kingdom reality, isn't it? And we have to be chewing on meat. It says the life is to be in us. This isn't to be just a one-off partaking, but an ongoing lifestyle of partaking of the meat that's presented, Christ himself. If we want to have abundant life on the inside of us, it's the literal life of Christ, then we must be found eating meat. Ooh. Why? Because it tastes really Good. What did Psalm 34, 8 say? Taste and see that the Lord is good. You know how you know how good meat tastes? You taste it. If, if you don't never taste it, how do you know it tastes good? I don't know if it's good. Why? Because I've never tasted but the promise is, if you taste, then sight comes. Spiritual sight comes. Jesus says, set your minds on the things above. Paul, sorry. Where Christ is seated in heavenly places because you've been hidden with Him. Don't set your minds and your sight on the things of the earth, on the things of the above. Why? Because that's where we're going. It's the reality of the things above through the Spirit receive the promise that empower the now. If we don't have a reality of the above, how do we ever live the life we're called to abundantly, wholeheartedly set apart? It's one of the key motivations to live your life radically here on the earth. Because you have seen something of an inheritance that you are moving towards in the Spirit. That's why it's gradually like this, not like this. It's just gradual. I'm moving towards a greater reality. You want me to lay my life down? Sure, no problem. Why is that? Because of what I'm moving towards. That is phenomenal. How many people? This could be a little bit sensitive, just the thought. How many ladies here are married? How many prepared for your wedding day? How many thought, might need to lose a few pounds? Can I ask that? Nobody. <laughs> Is that too sensitive? Okay, I know you're lying, but come on. That's not. But do you know what? Okay, let's put, no, some, just think of another analogy that you're moving towards. Because of that future picture, I'm going to discipline myself to receive. I was 112 kilos a year and a half ago. 
well out of shape, looked at a photo and went, my good, look at those chops. I looked at the photo of, of the ID photo, went to Cambodia and went, who's that? You never recognise it in yourself, do you? So I put discipline in place. I signed up back at the gym. Why? Because I see, I saw myself at 100 kilos. But if I couldn't see myself at 100 kilos, how do I move towards it? You see, the picture of our finish line, if we can't see it, we never build it, we stay the same. And God says, I give you meat to eat, to see what's in here, a greater reality, so you can move towards it. Wow, really? You love me that much? Yes, I do. What does Paul say? He says, no eye has seen or ear has heard, and which hasn't entered the heart of man. All, everyone say all, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Then he says this though, because we stay there, but then he says this, for to us, us, Paul and his cronies, Paul and the church, all those that are going after it, us, God revealed them. What? All that was prepared. Do I need to say that again? That's massive. That should have got a whoa. No, ear, eye has seen, no, has not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared, all that he's prepared for those who love him. But to us, God has revealed those things. And you know what? I'm going to tell you about them and I'm going to put them in pages in this thing called the Bible. So every one of you can come into all that God has prepared. God does not have no favourites, does he? There is favour though on those who are going after everything and as they come into everything, they seem to be set apart. They seem to have a reality that I may not have. I know men and women that are in a reality that I'm not yet in. That doesn't threaten me, that encourages me. That doesn't demotivate me, that motivates me. Because I'm a son, and if you're going to have it, I'm going after it, in the Spirit. No eye has seen it, but God's revealed it to us, and one of Paul's role, when it came through the Spirit, is to be a voice for those things. Paul was a voice for the kingdom of God. John the Baptist was a voice for the kingdom of God. We are to be a voice for the kingdom of God. Remember, go back. Testimony. What is he doing in my life? Because I am tasting, which means I'm seeing, which means I'm living out of that sight. Spiritual life and spiritual sight come from tasting and chewing on meat. Jesus Christ is the meat. Write that down somewhere. Jesus Christ is the meat. And he says, unless we eat this meat and drink his blood, we have no life in us. Here's the thought. Our lives on earth are reflective of the finish line we can see. And what we can see is determined by the meat we are eating. If we can't see it, we won't build towards it. So what is the picture of our finish line? Eat my flesh, drink of my blood. I am the light of the world. I am the life. What did he say? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I've given you my living scriptures that my father and myself have spoken into. It is the voice of God. So the voice of God wants to speak to his church Every word on every page is living and alive. Yes, even Numbers. Yes, even Leviticus. There is so much contained in those books that are living for the church if we have eyes and ears to hear and see and a heart that can receive. And you know what the fruit of that is? Life! The life of Christ in the church. You have this thought. Where is the kingdom? Luke 17, 21, Jesus said, the kingdom is within you. His kingdom is coming, literally. But he comes in the form of a servant first time, and he says, the kingdom of God is within you. 
So that means the kingdom is within me. The king of that kingdom lives within me, yes? What's the point in staying the same if the kingdom of the kingdom lives within us? It just, it's not, it's not a mathematical, you know, it's just simple, makes sense. The kingdom of God is within me. The king of that kingdom lives within me, but I stay the same. If the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, certainly that would be the fruit that I would be coming out of me if the kingdom and the king of that kingdom lives within me. If, in fact, he is Lord of the kingdom that is in me. Who sits on the throne of our lives? You or him? That's why obedience is so important. If we want the life of the king coming out because the kingdom is within and the king lives there, then obedience through faith is required. So if I say something about joy today and you don't believe it or you don't receive it because you might think, I don't believe that's even possible. I would say to you, well, you probably may not... Let me reword that. Seek the Father first to see if it is true. Be open enough to do that. But if you don't and you just go, I don't believe that, guess what? You'll never know whether that's a reality for you or not. Because you haven't been like a Berean who received the word hungrily, expectant, then went to the Scriptures. You've just made a judgment call on a place you're in. Wonder what would happen if Paul came down today and started preaching this. The man wouldn't need a book, he'd just start speaking like that because there was so much in him, he wrote it. I'd be challenged to the core! Anyone else? Who's starting to smell that meat? <laughs> Need to turn the fan that way and blow it. Oh, I can smell it. God gives us His Son, the living meat to feed on, so we can come into everything He has prepared for the church to receive. Listen, I'm going to read Colossians 2, 1-4. to If you got your word, go there. It's quite a long passage. Timothy says that all Scripture is inspired by God to what? Who can tell me? All Scripture is inspired by God to prove correct. Train in the righteousness of God. All Scripture is given by God for a purpose. To do a work. If we're not chewing on meat, then we're not. We're going to be outside of that work, aren't we? Let's be honest. This isn't a passive thing we're involved in. That was another word God gave me this morning as I was praying. I felt like there's just a lot of passiveness. Like Christianity is something that you just sit on because it's done. That's a half truth, but it's not the full truth. Grace is not there for you to sit under and go, thank you for your grace. Grace is given for the transformation of the church. So you don't get zapped while you're still manifesting stuff that's coming out of you. Make sense? Married man, still committing adultery through the eyes. Yeah? Take grace away, what might happen? Don't look too good. Grace is there to work out our salvation coming into the fruit of what God bought and paid for us to have. It's not just there to sit under and go, thank you, got my ticket, no transformation. It's there, it's the empowerment. Thank you for your grace, Lord, that I sit under, that I can become the son that you bought my life for to become. Knowing that at that point I am a son, but I want to live in the reality of being a son. Galatians 4. What's the point of inheriting everything and still living like a slave when you're a son? Make sense? So I'm going to read Colossians to you because God gives, eat my flesh, drink my blood. 
Everything's contained in me. Listen to these words. For I want you to know, this is Paul. Paul Paul had such a father heart. I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf. He's talking to the the Colossian church. And for those who are Laodicea. Who can tell me about Laodicea? Revelation 3. The church at Laodicea thought they had it all. The church at Laodicea basically were... It it ain't a good report for the church at Laodicea. They think they're rich and no need. And the report says that Jesus is knocking on the door, which is a picture of the heart of the church. What's been really funny, or it's not really actually funny, it's quite sad, is that you know how many times I've heard preachers use that as an analogy to reaching the lost when it's for the church? So we, what, what we do is we think, oh, he's not talking about us. It's a letter to the church. It's not a letter to a lost world. So Jesus is on the outside of the church knocking on the door, which is a heart saying, can I come in? And then we say, anyone want to receive Jesus? The church should be responding, not the non-Christian that's sitting there. And Paul is carrying this burden for not only the Colossians, the church at Laodicea, and for everyone that's in his heart, which is the church worldwide. For those that have not personally seen my face, that their hearts, here we go, okay, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love. What's it all about? Love. What are we on a journey as a community for? To love one another as Christ loves us. Love together in love and attaining to all the wealth. How many of us want to attain to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery that is Christ Himself? Phenomenal words. In whom, okay, that is in Christ, in whom, here we go, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything's contained in Him. Why do you think He says, eat my flesh and drink my blood? Because everything's contained within Him. So the greater the intimacy we have with Christ, the knowing, guess what? The greater He shares with you His purposes and His plans for the church. Who you are and we are called to become. And what we will be called to partake of now and the future. It's phenomenal. Listen to this. I say this so no one will delude you with persuasive argument. (laughs) I put that in there so no one can come and rob you of what you were bought and paid for with. So if someone else comes along and starts preaching another gospel, someone else comes along and starts preaching another truth that you are so easily led away by, out of, away from the reality in which Christ came, the fullness in which He came, to be His bride, to reign with Him, and to see the kingdom of God in the church established on the earth and through the church. We are not nobodies. We're not just these little people that have been abused at one point of our lives, or this or that. You know why I've got dodgy knees? My knees have dislocated from the age of 11. Couldn't play fulfilled soccer ambition and dreams. Had to give up at the age of 20. That's not what God called me for. Called me for a time as this. A time today to be His son and to lay my life down for my King of Kings and my Father and to see everything come through the church and then to receive an inheritance at a judgment seat because of the life we've lived and we've understood and come into. Why? Because we taste meat and meat tastes awesome and meat is Him. I'm a little bit excited. I just want to read one thing from 2 Corinthians 11. Listen to these words. This is Paul again. I wish that you would be, sorry, I wish that you would bear with me in a little foolishness, but indeed you are bearing with me. He's talking to the Corinthians. 
For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. This is a good jealousy. This isn't of the world. This is a good. He's saying, I'm jealous. I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. God, I'm tasting, I'm seeing things, and I've come into it, I'm coming into it, and it's for God's people. He says this, I, for I betrothed you to one husband. I betrothed you to one husband. To join, to fit, to join to oneself. The word betrothed. So that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. Present you a pure virgin. Righteous. Holy. On a process of sanctification. Going from one measure to another. Not perfect in the way we think perfect is. Not virgin in the sense we think. We're talking about a spiritual virginity. We're talking about a spiritual reality. Having the life of Christ coming through in and through. Allowing the old to die and the new to come more and more and more. Being presented spotless, wrinkle-free, because the Word is washing through you, found in the Word. It gives the analogy, it's water, washing. Are we bathing in the meat? Transformation is found in the meat. How many of us have never opened the book this year? And Paul is screaming this reality. And then he says this. This is what's really horrifying. Verse 3. But I am afraid that the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. Your minds will be led astray. Can you compare that to anything else? He is afraid. Just as Eve was deceived. Pretty big deal. The fall of man. He's comparing that to the Corinthians' minds being led astray. What from? From the simplicity and the purity of devotion to the Christ. We've lost our first love. How do you get back? Spirit and truth and together seeking, asking, Coming into, receiving, having a testimony. Why? Because we've tasted and we've seen that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man, woman, who is found in that place. I think they are being revealed all that God has in store for those who love Him via the Spirit. You see, love catapults you into a person's presence, doesn't it? How many men say they love their wives but don't spend any time with them? Words are cheap. Actions mean a lot. Easy to say. Another thing to do. We say we love. Do our words match our actions? Because you can't fool anybody. Only yourself. And he's saying, have you gone away from the simplicity and the purity of devotion? That word devotion. Spending time, being together, allowing that beautiful love reality to make a difference and change. I had this thought during the week. No one can compare with the love of God. When you read and meditate on 1 Corinthians so if you find yourself in a situation where you put your hand on your heart and say, you know what, God? I don't love you more than I love my wife or husband. I don't love you more than my children. I don't love you more than my sport. I don't love you. You are not in that place. This was the thought. You know how you transition over? You taste and see that love. If you taste and see the love through the Spirit, you know what just happens? You naturally let go of those things. And you just go like this and grab hold of him. It's just natural. Why? Because you've fallen in love. We do crazy things for love. Anyone done something ridiculous for love? He does it all the time. 
You see, there's this natural reality, but where? It's found in the Spirit, see? It says that those who love, it's revealed through the Spirit. Because as I love Danielle and I spend time, I get to know the intimate things that none of you do. I know her so well beyond any of you. Why? Because I get the opportunity to spend the time with her. She says there's things with me she'll never share with you. Why? Because of our intimacy. You know the Father wants to do the same thing. There is so much to share when you're this close. Let me tell you about what I have for you, my children. But you know when the gap is this far? You can't hear. Can you? You know what you hear over this side? Your own voice. I'm a nobody. I'm this. I'm a that. Actually, you know what? What Lisa Lamb's calling me, that's what I am. I'll actually listen to her voice. Or I start listening to other people's voices. And I start hearing to those other messages that someone else is preaching about grace or whatever. Oh, maybe that's true. And now I'm starting to get away from the simplicity and the pure devotion of a relationship that is this close. So I haven't got a clue what God has on offer. I haven't got a clue. And so when I hear it, I don't even turn aside to see like Moses did whether it's true. What on earth is the burn, this bush burning for? Hezekiah, do you know? Anyone else think that's a bit random and weird? Moses did and he went looking. You may hear something today and go, that sounds random and weird. Go look for what is being shared. Paul is clearly saying here in this letter that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ and it is his hope that the church is attaining to all this wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding which results in a true knowledge of Jesus Christ himself. This is essential when we understand that the church, you and I, are to be built on the revelation of the Christ and not our own version of him. Hopefully we can now understand or start to how important it is for all of his people to be eating meat, partaking of and in him. Jesus isn't to be just in us, but he is to be our literal life. smell a steak. Can I keep going? Joy. So, eating meat, joy that now lives within me. As I've said to you, it's not based on circumstance situations. It's not based on how I'm feeling, how my day or week has gone. It's not based on what's happening to me, to those I love or how much I have or don't have, or what am I expecting. The joy that I give testimony to is the fruit of the Spirit. Who is the Spirit? He is. So a fruit of having His life in us because we are eating meat, and He is the meat, is joy. The more I have of His life in me, the more joy I have. The greater the reality of Christ literally in us, the greater the joy. John 15, 11. These things I have spoken to you so that may, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. John 15 is all about cutting and pruning. Ooh. We were with Andrea uh, just over the holidays and with her family and they have this massive place and they grow uh, grapes for a winery. And they were sharing just briefly about the process that they have to go through of pruning the vine and how growth just continues to come as you prune, as you cut, as you prune, as you cut, as you prune, as you cut, as you cut and growth and more growth and more growth and more growth. 
it's a beautiful metaphor and analogy of what's to happen in the Spirit. That as God comes along and you're confronted with a reality that you're not in, then there needs to be some sort of process where you allow the cross, which is the place of death, your will to be submissive to, I have no concept of that reality. And so I admit that before you, Father, because I love you. I admit I understand that or this. I'm certainly not in that reality. And I will seek you. Show me in your meat. Let me walk with others till I come into this reality and through submission, because you love, you know what the fruit is? outcome is you come into a new reality. There is a work of the Spirit done in you because you have eaten of the meat. You have gone somewhere which is just literally not physically somewhere, but your heart and your mind are seeking after Him and you are determined to receive and you will continue to do anything, desperation, until you receive that reality. Now that's the challenge, isn't it? These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you. See, once again, you can't take Christ in and out. Can we? If He's in, He's in. And the reality of Him being in If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, let them come to me and drink. He who believes in me from their innermost being will flow what? Rivers of living, not a river, rivers, plural, of living reality, living me. And when you go, you know what happens? You wash others in your river, his river in you. You become a resource. You become living reality. You have wisdom that no one else has. You have an internal world. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's all inward. Why? Because in the Spirit, out of your love for Him, you have sat with your Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit has led you in the Spirit into a spiritual reality ambassadors of another kingdom living on the earth, thinking like that kingdom, acting like that kingdom, speaking like that kingdom, and living like that kingdom. There's Christianity. Really, I thought it was just praying a prayer and living my day. No. Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness is seek first my reality. I think it's awesome that it's even a possibility. <laughs> it doesn't leave you in your mud. It doesn't leave you wallowing in self-whatever. It's phenomenal. Um, as we taste and see, as we are obedient to His ways, fruit is produced. But as long as we chase an outcome, and try to avoid the process that I just described, we will continue to have limited or no joy. This is the literal reality of this kingdom that Jesus wants us all to have operating on the inside of us. Like I said to you, Luke 17, 21, Jesus says, the kingdom is within. The king of that kingdom lives within us. And this gives us insight into Revelation 1.6 which says, and he made us to be a kingdom. Priests to his God and Father. Mel spoke a beautiful message about the faithfulness of God about three weeks ago about priests. There's so much we haven't understood. There's so much in His Word God's showing me that I've been trying to understand through a Western mindset. There's so much that we've just still to come into that is contained in a relationship with Christ through the revelation of the Spirit. It's phenomenal. And it says in this Matthew 13 that it's a message about 
the kingdom. So there's Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8. There's a kingdom parable. And Mark says, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any of the parables? And it's about throwing seed. Kingdom seed. Do we know the story? Do we need to go there? Let me, I'll just read Matthew 13, 23. Listen to this. And the one on whom, because there was four, on the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man, woman, who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Seed produces after its own kind, doesn't it? You plant an apple seed, you get an apple. The world will try and tell you, you plant an apple, you get an orange. The world will try and tell you, from a bit of mud comes a human being. But the kingdom will tell you, seed time and harvest. What you plant, I planted the kingdom seed went out, I'm looking for kingdom fruit. Only one quarter of those people produced kingdom fruit. What is kingdom fruit? Fruit of the Spirit. Joy, peace, righteousness, patience, gentleness, kindness. Not when Liverpool win a game of football because it's through the Spirit, it's something that's growing and forming in me. That's why Paul said in Galatians 4.19, I'm in labor again until the Christ is formed within you. So, as I said, I you press me, I press you, or, you know, through our own stuff. We hurt one another, we say things, things happen, there's all lots of misunderstandings. In that moment, because joy and peace is produced, you know what happens? Forgiveness comes. You know what happens when it's not there? What happens? Offense comes. You know what happens when you have grace and it's growing in you? There's no need to be at the bottom of the cliff struggling with offense and bitterness because this thing bowls you over. Why? Because something greater in you, when that offense came, stood up and went like this and pushed it back and went like this then. Give me a, I'm going to hug you. I'm going to love you right now. I'm going to hug you, Mary, and love you. Yeah, I am. Come on. You look like you need a hug. Yes, you. Why? Because Christ is forming in you to a measure where that kingdom, the people of God, the kingdom, they are forcefully advancing. They are offensive. Why? Because of the Christ in. Straight over. Let me hug you. What are you doing? I just said ABC about you. I know, I'm going to hold you and love you till this love crushes you. And you receive the love of the Father, maybe for the first time. Why? Because the love of the Father has done a work in me and I can offer it freely to you. Why? Because when I heard that kingdom seed and it went out and I let it to plant, I let it grow. Overnight, it says this guy gets up and looks around and goes, man, look at the fruit. How did that happen? I don't know. I was asleep which is a whole other message and an awesome one. (laughs) We must be dieting on Him. He is the meat. He is the bread of life. And when we partake in and of His life, His life is literally produced in us. Full stop. Can I get um, the music guys back? I want us to worship off what I've just said. I want us to just, whatever you want to do, if you need to ask for forgiveness, ask forgiveness. If you need to say, I want more of you, ask for more of you. As we just lift up our voices, our hearts, maybe you need to kneel. Maybe you need to move out of your seat and come down the front, sit over there, go up the top, go outside, whatever. Let's just get real. Let's get vulnerable. Let's be honest today. If you're on fire, 
go, thank you, Lord, for where I'm at with you, and I want more. Give me more and more, because there is no limit. The Bible says in John, there is no limit to the Spirit, none. So just, I want to live in the overflow, because when I'm in overflow, I can give to others, and it will just come out of me to others.